Welcome back to another episode of Jake's Ticks. My name is Jake. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. And on this week's episode, we're going to be looking at the NBA standings and more so looking at how teams are doing in this early goings of the NBA season. Specifically looking at how the top teams are doing and how teams are doing at the bottom and who's been doing well and looking at some of the potential players who um, got traded in the offseason and have come over and what things have been going on with them and their new teams and yeah, we're going to talk about it all and go from there. So, Eastern Conference, the only undefeated team, and the only undefeated team in all the sports of the NBA, is the Milwaukee Bucks, who are 8-0 at this point. Um, they are amazing as a team, and they've stepped in where they were last year as one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, and it's still early, but they've played great games, and they've done great, and... They've been one of those teams that has just stepped up when they needed to. And if you look at how, uh, the games they've kind of uh, had, some of them have been closer than others. Um, but overall, they've won uh, all of them. Giannis looks great. Drew Holiday looks great. Chris Middleton hasn't actually played, uh, but it's okay. They have a very good uh, group of players and if you look at how things have gone um, they should be very happy with where they sit number two seed and I don't want to say this is surprising but I didn't think they would be this high the Cleveland Cavaliers who have one loss to their name they have beaten the Celtics twice they have beaten other teams they step up big time from where they were last year they were a playoff team last year this year they look very good Donovan Mitchell came in and they mortgaged a lot of their future to get him. And it has worked out tremendously. He is, in all accounts, that shooting guard, that missing piece. He has done so much to make this team so great. And Cleveland is in a much better place. And what is so remarkable in this whole situation is that Cleveland basically went from a older veteran shooters-based team that was surrounded by LeBron and his championship runs. And then LeBron left, and everyone else has kind of scattered, if you will. And they've brought in younger players and made moves that make so much sense. Jared Allen probably is one of the biggest steals for the Cavaliers because they traded a first-round pick to get him that it's not going to get anywhere near that. And he was a little underused in Brooklyn, but made his way here with Evan Mobley. This is a very good team. And Cleveland should be happy exactly where they are. Number three seed is the Boston Celtics. And I think the Boston Celtics are a team that, despite all of their issues early on, especially losing two games to the Cleveland Cavaliers, I do believe that a lot of that has to do with the fact that their head coach is inexperienced as a head coach and is coming into it with fresh eyes because he's been on the sidelines as a bench coach and not given the full um, coaching position. Now with Udoka most likely going to Brooklyn and that situation kind of ending his run with Boston, that means Missoula could end up being the head coach full-time this year and next year and for the future because, you know, he's coming into this as the interim head coach and if he does great, then I don't see why they wouldn't move on uh, from anyone else and just keep him long-term. He's got nine years of experience as an assistant coach, and I think he comes into this um, with fresh eyes. 
Malcolm Brogdon, if he can stay healthy, has been the bench piece that the Celtics need. Derek White looks like he's fitting in so seamlessly. They are only going to get better when Robert Williams comes back. And this is one of the best teams in the NBA. They are right now a three seed. Atlanta Hawks are number four, and this is a team that I expected to be in the top six just because they added in DeJounte Murray, and they still have a great team. The interesting thing about it is their only star is Trey Young, and I think they have players that could get to star level with DeJounte Murray being one of those, but obviously none of those guys are at that point yet. But with the culmination of pieces, they have great players and great talent. The one thing that's going to happen or should happen with the Hawks eventually is consolidating some of those pieces and getting in somebody who is more of a star-level player. Like going out there, keeping Trey Young, keeping DeJounte Murray, and then kind of building with a third star-level player, all-star-level player with this team. Because they have John Collins, Capella, Bogdanovich, etc. And those are great players, but eventually you kind of have you know a lot of other players joining them. Cleveland has Jared Allen. They also have Mobley. They have Darius Garland, they got Mitchell, they got other pieces. Like, you can make it happen. The Celtics have stars in Tatum and Brown and great pieces surrounding them. So, you know, I think Atlanta eventually is going to have to consider moving some of these pieces. They don't have a ton of draft picks, unfortunately, because they got rid of most of those for DeJounte Murray. But they look great, and I think this team's looking pretty good so far. Now, our five seed is the Toronto Raptors, and they're an okay team so far. This is, you know, where they're at. I don't think they're top of the East, but they're a good enough team right now. And if they can win and keep pace, then they should make the playoffs. I think there's not much else I can say on them. Number six C is the Chicago Bulls. And Chicago has been um, one of those teams that seemingly can uh, get it done. They do have injuries here and there, and they have to deal with Lonzo's injuries and Patrick Williams and the other injuries that come. But... They're a good team as well. I expect them to be a playoff team, uh, for sure. Then we have the New York Knicks, who are still in kind of this rebuilding phase because they have a ton of future draft picks, and uh, they also have Jalen Brunson who came in. And so between R.J. Barrett, Jalen Brunson, Mitchell Robinson, and some of these other players, eventually this group of um, players will... Um, melds even more and they can bring in other stuff and other pieces and then they can get uh, much better. But they're a seven seed right now. I don't know if they'll stay at a seven seed, but we'll see what happens. Next up is the Indiana Pacers. And for a team that is looking to potentially rebuild, this is not a spot you want to be in. So don't be surprised as the eight seed if they try and trade away Buddy Heald and Miles Turner and try and get rid of some of those pieces that they have no use for anymore because they're not going to be a playoff team. So they could easily move on from Turner, Buddy Heald and whatnot, and start from scratch and try for a top five pick next year. Uh, Ninth seed is the Washington Wizards, and this is kind of where I expected them to be. I didn't expect them to be a solid playoff team. I didn't expect them to be too bad. Um, they're where they should be, and this is not something out of the realm of what I see for them they might get lucky and get the 8th seed or the 7th seed. They're not going to be anything more. But 9 is a good spot for them right now. They're kind of up and down, close to 500 uh, for the season. Then we have a surprise at 10, Philadelphia 76ers, who are early on having their struggles, but they're eventually going to get there, hopefully. Um, this is a team that does have holes. 
Um, you know, the wing position is something that's a, a big issue that they'll have to try and figure out. They have a lot of guards. They're a good team with Embiid and James Harden, so they'll figure it out hopefully, but they do have their holes, and so I don't expect them to be a top-tier team, especially with this Eastern Conference. The top four already are really good, so we'll see where they go. Um, right behind them with the same record is the Miami Heat. Miami is a team that made it to the Eastern Conference Finals but lost to Boston. If this season is any indication, they deservedly lost to Boston because they don't look that great right now. Um, they're a team that does have their issues. They do have a lot of players that are getting older, and they also have players that they're uh, trying to fit into different positions, and there's a big hole at that power forward spot. It's a lot going on for Miami, and I don't really know where they're going to go from here. Uh, Brooklyn Nets are up uh, next, and Brooklyn is a dumpster fire right now. They fired their head coach. They are looking for a new one. And most likely the new head coach is going to be someone who was suspended by the Celtics. They have Kyrie Irving who has been suspended for the time being. He lost his Nike sponsorship and his very anti-Semitic comments have caused him to spiral. And the only reason he's still sticking around in the NBA is because he is a, when healthy and when playing great, a top five point guard in the league. He is not nearly as good as he once was because of all of his issues, but they are a dumpster fire. Kevin Durant wanted out. He apparently mended fences, but he should still get traded because why would you want to be in this dumpster fire? Anyways, Ben Simmons can't shoot, doesn't look that hot, and this team is one mess after another. And to all of the people that have said, oh, well, Brooklyn's going to be a good team this year, I don't think they will be, and I think they'll be struggling to make the playoffs because of their issues. They also have zero of their own future draft picks because they are either traded away to Houston or in the hands of Houston via a swap. So they are kind of screwed in the department of draft picks. So your best bet is to get rid of Kevin Durant, try and trade some players away, and rebuild because you are a dumpster fire. You traded for um, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, and that trade backfired right in your face. You traded for James Harden, and it seems like that trade is backfiring right in your face. So um, yeah, they're not great. Next is the Charlotte Hornets, who aren't playing that great, but could consider um, trying for the number one overall pick. They have yet to find their permanent starting center. Their hope is Mark Williams. The draft choice from the most recent draft is that position filler. But if they get the number one overall pick, that's going to go to Victor Wembiemba. They are 3-6 uh, and six right now. Not a great team, and they have a lot of issues. Ball has been kind of in and out, but he is a... A very good player. He has his injuries, as does a lot of players. And then we have two teams at the bottom that we all expected, uh, or at least we kind of could see at the bottom, Orlando and Detroit. Detroit, I thought, would be a little bit better because of Bogdanovich and Jade Nivey and whatnot, but they're at the bottom, as Orlando is as well. Expect them to try and go for Victor Wembayemba if they stay there. Going to the Western Conference now, and the Western Conference is... Very interesting as well. Our number one seed is the Portland Trailblazers, who traded for Jeremy Grant, added in Shady on Sharp in the draft, and Anthony Simons got paid. Damian Lillard looks great. Their team looks great. They are at the top of the Eastern Conference alongside the Phoenix Suns, who they look like the Phoenix Suns. They look great. Amazing. Um, and this is good for them. 
Number three seed is the Utah Jazz, and if you told me last year the Utah Jazz would be a number three seed, I'd say, okay, that's something I could see. If you told me at the beginning of this season they would be the number three seed, I'd tell you that's a little bit uh, far-fetched. Um, they traded away their two best players for a bevy of young players and draft picks, but yet they are still number three in the Western Conference at the moment, and Laurie Markkinen, who came from Cleveland, looks great, and as a starting power forward, he looks great. Um... Utah is looking very good, which I don't know if that's their game plan, but Danny Ainge is in charge, and seems like things are going in the right direction. Number four seed is the Memphis Grizzlies, who obviously look like they should. They're a pretty good team. Uh, John Moran is great, and Stephen uh, Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr. pair well together, and so I got no complaints with them. Right behind is the New Orleans Pelicans, who look very good as well. They are a very... Solid team with Brandon Ingram and Zion and C.J. McCollum and company. Dyson Daniels is looking good for a rookie. Pelicans also have a very good nugget of trade chip, uh, which is the Lakers' first-round pick coming next year, which we'll talk about the Lakers later. But if things go in the way of the Pelicans' favor, they could be getting a top-five pick and still make the playoffs in the Western Conference. Right behind them is the Denver Nuggets with the same record. They look like a great team, and uh, both of those teams are going to be duking it out for uh, the sort of 4-5-6 range. Um, Denver with Jokic and Murray and company, um, so nothing wrong there. Number 7 seed is the Dallas Mavericks, and Dallas looks like a pretty solid team in my own opinion. There's a lot of good that can come from, uh, from them. They do look like a star-studded group, and... Uh, you know, Luka is Luka, and we will see exactly what happens with the Dallas Mavericks. Um, just a shade below them is the Los Angeles Clippers, who have a 5-4 and four record, and the San Antonio Spurs, who have a 5-4 and four record. Clippers were expected to be a playoff team, and that's kind of, this is where they sit. This is where they should be. Spurs are a little higher than expected, but not too bad. Um, this is very good for, for them. Uh, and they look uh, they look good. Right behind the Spurs is the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are doing pretty solid, and they'd be probably a lot better if uh, Chet Holgram didn't get hurt. Um, he is a solid player. Um, then we have a team with a lot of issues, Minnesota. So I had mentioned before Donovan Mitchell got traded to the Cavaliers and has looked as good as ever, and he fits in so seamlessly. Rudy Gobert, meh, not so much. Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns haven't made this situation work well. D'Angelo Russell is not the best point guard for this team, and Minnesota has had a lot of issues. Um, Anthony Edwards has also said he loves small ball basketball a lot better, and that doesn't really help because you got Twin Towers at the power forward and the center. And while Jared Allen and Evan Mobley have made it work, uh, Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns, not yet. I'm not giving up hope because there's still a lot of season left, but you gave up a lot of draft picks to get Gobert. Hopefully it pans out um, in your favor. And right below Minnesota, which is a surprise to many, Golden State Warriors, they are not in the playoff race right now. They have lost five straight. Steph Curry and company not looking so hot. And as somebody who has constantly been betting on sports, and more so the Golden State Warriors, uh, they haven't been helping. So... They don't look like a team that just won an NBA championship, if you ask me. Um, they are at the bottom of things, um, in my opinion. And the standings don't lie. So uh, that is um, that. is that. They're not a ideal team by any stretch of the word. 
Um, so moving on from Golden State, Sacramento Kings are 2-5. and five. This is kind of where everyone expected them to be. This is exactly what um, we all uh, figured coming from them. Uh, I think uh, when it's all said and done, they're going to be somewhere around this. I think there's just way too many great teams in the West for them to even have a shot. And it's one of those things where I think uh, we're going to have to see where they go. But it's not really going to be a great season for them. Uh, they're going to be somewhere at the bottom, in my opinion. Because there's just way better teams up top. Followed by the Los Angeles Lakers, who only have two wins. I am so happy the Lakers are at the bottom. LeBron looks old. Anthony Davis and company just can't seem to get it right. Russell Westbrook has been a failure in Los Angeles. Um, their team, it's not that great. And I don't want to say that Darvin Ham is the problem because he just got here, but this team has so many holes, and there is no bright future, especially with New Orleans having control of their draft picks. The Lakers don't look so hot. Not a good situation if you're a Los Angeles Lakers fan, which is fine because nobody uh, really wants them to be that great anyways. I um, think they are probably one of, if not the most hated franchise in all of sports, uh, at least NBA-wise, I'd say. Um, I don't know if they're the most hated um, in all four sports, but at least when it comes to basketball, I'd say so. And then right behind them, where we expected the Houston Rockets to be, they are in last place. They are near the bottom. Houston does not look like a great team. Houston is a team that uh, looks pretty um, garbage, in my opinion, between uh, all of the teams they've played. They've had a few games where it's been close, but they've also had a ton of blowouts. Um, their lone win comes against the Utah Jazz, and outside of that, they've lost uh, everything else. And so they don't look like a great team at all. Um, and that's where uh, we all kind of expected them. Um, and that is... Uh, that is that. Um, so those are the situations involving NBA teams. Some are doing great, some are not. Uh, so let's uh, move on. I will start by moving on to this, which I mentioned earlier, which was the Kyrie Irving situation. So Nike has suspended its relationship with uh, Kyrie Irving after all of the social media stuff that's going on. Um, it seems like they are cutting ties Um and this was um, very quickly done. They also said they are not launching Irving's new shoe, which is the Kyrie 8. Uh, this is uh, the eighth shoe with the company, and it was supposed to come out um, within a few days. Uh, quote, at Nike, we believe there is no place for hate speech, and we condemn any form of anti-Semitism. We deeply saddened and disappointed by the situation and its impact on everyone. Um, his deal... Uh, that he signed was one of those things that next year was going to expire, but um, unfortunately, um, I don't really think uh, he's ever going to get a shoe from them again. So that is the uh, situation involving Kyrie. He is now out the door, um, and uh, we will see exactly where he ends up if he gets uh, kicked off the team or they move on from him or what. Um, yeah, it's not a great situation. And I think the Lakers wanted Kyrie during the offseason. They should have, if you were Brooklyn, taken that trade because it would have been uh, it would have been probably a better situation for them. Uh, Russell Westbrook at least isn't an anti-Semitic, uh, at least to my knowledge. So uh, let's move on. Uh, from one uh, troubled point guard to another, 
Um, there is an investigation, sexual misconduct investigation, against Josh Primo, who was recently released by the San Antonio Spurs. He was a former first-round pick who is now out of the league after a short stint. Um, he was a very good player with a bright future, but uh, apparently, uh, quote, exposed himself on multiple occasions to a former team therapist during counseling sessions. So the doctor uh, that he met with filed a lawsuit against the Spurs and Josh Primo, claiming that the 19-year-old exposed his genitals to her nine uh, times during multiple sessions. So, um, yeah, this is another uh, situation that is taking place, um, and the Spurs ended up getting rid of him, and he is going to get sued and is going to get, um, you know, in this case, money taken away because they are going to lose that case and Primo will lose that case um, in uh, court uh, for sure. Um, Spurs released him within um, like a short period of time after all this uh, came out. Um, R.C. Buford uh, said the franchise disagrees with this accuracy of facts, details, and timeline present today. Um, and, uh, yeah, this was also what Greg Popovich said, quote, I would only add that anybody that has observed the Spurs over a very long period of time knows that an accusation like this would be taken very seriously without any doubt. No equivocation the Spurs organization would be on top of it. I'm absolutely confident that the men and women on this managerial staff have dealt with and are dealing with this. Uh, did so purposely, effectively, promptly, and did it with the utmost care for everyone concerned, the accuser, the accused, and the people in the organization to make sure everybody still felt comfortable and safe. I just leave my comments at that. So he is now, um, he is now gone, and that is uh, the end of Josh Primo, and hopefully the Spurs can wipe this clean. Um, yeah. Also, I saw this, which is interesting. Ben Gordon faces charges for second time in a month after McDonald's guard hit. So this is on ESPN. But uh, apparently, uh, Ben Gordon has been arrested after a Chicago McDonald's security guard was punched in the face. Uh, misdemeanor battery causing bodily harm and battery making physical contact. Um, yeah, this uh, was uh, something that just took place. Um, he was charged last month with assault, resisting arrest, contempt, and child endangerment in New York for allegedly punching his young son at LaGuardia Airport. Um, I'm pretty sure Ben Gordon was a big part of the Detroit Pistons for a while and the Chicago Bulls for a while. Looks like now his uh, legal history uh, is not looking so good. So, um, yeah, it seems like, uh, seems like uh, at the end of the day, uh, he is uh, going to jail. And I don't know what's going to come of that, but we will find out when it takes place. Uh, so uh, we will move on from we will move on from Ben Gordon and you know go from him to some NBA rumors. Um, and this one involves Ben Simmons, which um, this is uh, interesting. I don't know if it's true or not, um, and uh, I think uh, it's one of those things where I don't know exactly. Um, what is going to uh, take place. But I did see um, something about um, the uh, Ben Simmons situation. Uh, this was from uh, Ian Begley of um, SNY. 
Um, quote, in a big picture sense, you wonder what happens with this roster. I was told that even prior to that loss Saturday, the Nets have been talking to teams about curiosity trade ideas, and the Nets were looking for shooting, and Ben Simmons' name actually came up in at least one conversation the Nets were having with the Western Conference team. It seems like several things are on the table for this roster. Now, does it mean they're going to trade Simmons? No. Does it mean they're having conversations? Yes. Does it mean they're open to trading him? It sounds like it. But there's no 100% truth to this. We don't know if he's actually going to get traded or even if he is on the uh, um, on the roster of uh, players that could get moved. Um, and it's one of those things where who knows what's going to take place, but um, I guess he could potentially get uh, traded um, at some point. And so here is uh, something else I saw. So I was reading an article from Bleacher Report and I don't always like Bleacher Report's articles because I feel like some of them are far-fetched with the trade offers they have. But they have some five panic trades that already NBA fans want to see. So these are just what they throw out there. I'll tell you if they make sense. Um, Westbrook and some draft picks, two unprotected firsts for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. This has been long discussed, and if it's going to happen it would have already but it doesn't seem like that's happening and so at the end of the day it seems like um, we're just going to see uh, this as a rumor and nothing more um, but this has been thrown out there so much uh, I just don't think it's going to happen next is the Suns receive Grayson Allen for Jay Crowder now I don't really know if this is a um, trade that I would consider uh, panic because both teams are actually at the top of their conferences, or near the top of their conferences. Um, Crowder doesn't want to be there anymore, but I guess if you want to get something for nothing, it could work. Um, but I just don't really see that one happening, in my opinion. Um, the next trade is, I guess, a Bulls one, which is Jared Vanderbilt from the Utah Jazz for Patrick Williams. Um, he was the fourth pick in the 2020 draft, but has his injury concerns. Um... And I think, you know, this could be a good one for one, but I just don't really think that's going to happen at the end of the day. Um, so uh, I think that's a pass. Uh, next one is Miami trading for Bojan Bogdanovich for uh, Nikola Jovic and Duncan Robinson. Now, it's not going to happen just because they just traded for Bogdanovich in Detroit. I think the more realistic thing is to trade Robinson somewhere else. Um, and I think... Uh, at this point, it's not going to happen because of that. And so um, he's going to just stay where he is. Uh, next trade is the Boston Celtics receive P.J. Washington for a 2024 protected first round pick. I like this. I think this is something that could happen. Charlotte could use a draft pick. The only issue is it can't be 2024 just because the Celtics already traded a 2023 pick in the Brogdon deal. So unfortunately, this would have to be 2025 at the earliest um yeah it's not going to be a 2024 pick but it's a good trade nonetheless so we'll see what happens moving forward but i like that one that's probably the best one out of these because i think it's the most realistic 